From PRX and Transom, this is How Sound, the backstory to great radio storytelling. I'm Rob Rosenthal. Last year, Uri Berliner reported a story that was completely different for him. Uri had never produced one like it in his 20 years at NPR. It's a profoundly personal story. It's our family's story. Uh, it would require me to dig into my family's past, my father's past especially, and our own relationship. Uri is a senior business editor at the network. Usually, he works behind the scenes, helping reporters shape their stories, edit scripts, and such. From time to time, Uri is on the air, too. Maybe you've heard him on Morning Edition or All Things Considered. Like this two-way with David Green about Amazon CEO Jeff Bezos, who was accusing the National Enquirer of extortion. Let's turn now to NPR's Uri Berliner. Hi, Uri. Hey, David. So remind me that the Inquirer had already published some personal text messages about Bezos, but I mean, it sounds like they had a lot more on him. That's right. Uh, They said they had a lot more, and these uh, photos in particular were lewd, uh, sexually suggestive pictures of selfies of Jeff Bezos and Lauren Sanchez. This is pretty typical for Uri. He reports a story and then is interviewed by a host. But in 2018, Uri responded to a call for stories from NPR's Story Lab. It's an in-house effort. The Story Lab gives reporters a chance to step away from the tried and true and experiment with new approaches to storytelling. Uri pitched a piece about his 94-year-old father, and it really stretched him professionally. What was very challenging for me, difficult, and made me very nervous was to go into my father's apartment with headphones on and a big microphone and ask him these incredibly personal, often very, very painful things um, for the record, for for the world to hear. Many of them my dad and I had never, ever talked about before. Um, and here I was going to do an interview with him about them. And, and there were certain parts of it especially that were very, very hard for me to ask him about. The piece Uri produced based on his interview with his dad, whose name is Gert, opens with an anecdote, a story about a museum archivist from Berlin who visited Gert some years ago. The archivist asked if he had any objects from his time growing up in Berlin. Gert showed him a monkey, a small toy monkey about four inches tall. It's missing some fur and a hand. It's decades old, after all, but it's largely intact. Gert and the archivist talked about donating the monkey to the museum, and Uri's dad said he'd think about it. After that opening anecdote, the story moves back in time. Now, the story of the monkey really begins in Berlin, in front of my bicycle on the steering, what is it called? The handlebars. The handlebars. I put the little monkey there. It's the 1930s, and like other kids in Berlin, he rides his bike everywhere. Except as a Jewish kid, the situation becomes more ominous by the day. And then it explodes in a wave of violence against Jews in 1938 on Kristallnacht, the night of the broken glass. Nazi brown shirts and German civilians smashed and burned Jewish shops, schools, and homes. Thousands of innocent Jewish men were rounded up and arrested. You heard uh, fire sirens. The synagogues were put on fire. Less than a year later, in 1939, my father packs the monkey away in a small suitcase. I liked him. (laughs) He was my, like a good luck piece, I don't know. This is before the war in the concentration camps. But it's clear that my father and his parents and Jews everywhere in Germany are in mortal danger. Escape routes vanish. One that does exist is for children. It's called the Kinder Transport. 
Jewish and Quaker organizations lead a rescue effort, a kind of underground railroad, to try to save children from the Nazis. Thousands of children are rescued this way, often placed with foster families. But there are no takers for their parents, so the children have to go all by themselves, mostly to England, my father's destination, Sweden. His parents, Paul and Sophie Berliner, had to say goodbye. It's here that the story gets emotional. Indeed, what happens next is what made Uri nervous. I had to ask him, do you remember the last time you saw your mother and father? A tough question for sure, especially because they'd never talked about this devastating moment in Gert's life. Gert never brought it up, and Uri never asked him. And on top of that, asking about the last time Uri's father saw his parents was made even more difficult because of the complex relationship Uri had with his dad. He was a distant father, and I was a distant son, and there was a wall of silence between us. Um, I, I think, you know, I think that pretty much sums it up. Um, and so it wasn't easy for us to talk about even everyday life sometimes, uh, no less, you know, the, the very painful things he had experienced as a child. So Uri went into the interview wondering if his dad would be open and forthcoming, or would he be resentful and not want to talk very much? I knew that, that I... And in a journalistic way, I wanted and needed him to talk about these things for the story. And, but on the other hand, if he didn't want to, I would understand that. But it would probably like undermine the story I was working on. So there were a lot of complicated things going on. So on the day of the interview, Marina's dad sat on a comfortable couch. Uri started asking questions. He began with easier ones. But eventually, they got harder. Can you remember the days before leaving, what was going on, what you did? Yeah. I was the only child, just like you. The marriage of my parents was not the best. So I really, I was my mother's all. And for her to give up her child is heroic. You know, the, uh, um, the, the pain that she felt must have been so terrible. But she let me go. So my dad boards the train at Berlin's Anhalter Bahnhof station with that monkey stashed away in his suitcase. He's 14. Other kids are there, too, all in the same situation. Amongst those kids, you know, you would expect to be lively, but it was very quiet. I don't remember anything there. It was quiet. My father arrives in the city of Kalmar, Sweden, on the Baltic coast. He's worried about his parents, but he's reached shelter, taken in by a generous, kind family. Suddenly you could breathe, you know, it was like the air was different. As their interview unfolded, Uri realized that his dad was much more open than he'd anticipated. Gert was ready to bear witness to what happened, to speak in detail. Instead of this being a difficult thing that he wanted to avoid, that he was actually eager to do and that he was thankful to me for asking these questions, even though they were painful. Um, And I think that that realization helped a tremendous amount. 
But there was another trying moment in the interview. Uri says he agonized over it. It involved a letter Uri found researching his family's history in Berlin, a letter to Gert from his parents written decades ago. This was when his parents were trapped in Berlin. It was pretty clear they were not getting out. Um, my father was in Sweden. He was a teenager. And it was a letter filled with, uh, with details the, of, of their being trapped and using some kind of euphemisms about maybe things, you know, that we love you and, you know, God willing, we'll see you. But, but overlying, over, you know, overriding that was a sense that this is it. They're not going to see each other. The, the, um, this was a time when, you know, the Jews were being taken to the concentration camps. Um, the murders were well underway. Um, it was a very painful letter. Uri had the letter translated from German to English, and he brought it with him to the interview. Uri hoped his dad would read the letter aloud, but he didn't tell his dad he had the letter before the interview. I think that was the hardest thing for me to do was to ask him to read that letter because he wasn't expecting it. Um, I just, I just, I was, I mean, I remember sitting there thinking, okay, when am I going to ask him about the letter? When am I going to ask him about the letter? Finally, I just sort of, you know, gathered up a bit of courage and I said, hey, I have this letter. It's from your mom and dad. It's been translated from German. Can can you read it for me? And he did it. Now I have to report things of great concern, but you are already a reasonable young man and will be able to endure this. The letter is dated November 6, 1941. Jews are just beginning to be sent to the concentration camps. And there's a large section of the letter blacked out by Nazi censors. And then it continues. My young son, I can't write much. I'm in a terrible state. Papa's written everything important to you. As long as we are still here, we will continue to write to you. Chin up. With God's help, we will see each other again. Loving greetings and thousand kisses, your mother. I remember the letter. You do? Sure. But my father never saw his parents again. Sophie and Paul Berliner were sent to Auschwitz by train, transport number 38, on May 17, 1943. They were murdered there. Did it take courage on your part to ask those questions and and to look at that documentation? I don't think courage is the right word. I mean, if I, I think I would have, in some ways, I feel like here I am, a journalist. My job is to document events and history. And if I couldn't do this with my own family, um, you know, at the, sort of, this, and this is really my last chance to do this, um, I think I would have been falling down on the job. Um, I mean, especially when we are at a time when there is a growing num- there are a growing number of people, especially in Europe, but also in the United States, who um, don't believe the Holocaust happened. Do you think we get in our heads, reporters, and think, "Oh no, this is this is not going to go well," or "I shouldn't ask this because it's going to be upsetting," and then when we do, and it turns out okay, you know, we look back and think, "Ah." Uh, maybe I was overthinking. 
Yeah, I think that happens. I think often, you know, I think often happens that people who've experienced terrible things, and it's very hard to ask them about it. Often they, they you know, not in all cases, but in some cases they want to they wanna describe them. They want to bear witness. They want, they want it, you know, on the historical record. And, you know, this could be someone who's, you know, experienced a terrible thing in a war or, or a, you know, a family tragedy. You know, I, I, I think it can, obviously it's, it's difficult and sometimes it can be intrusive when you sort of knock on the door of someone who's experienced a tragedy and, and, but you never, you never know. Sometimes people want to talk about these things and you just have to be sensitive when they don't. But, but, but I think, I think it's important to give people the chance to, if they do. Mm. For someone who's thinking of doing a personal story like this, what advice would you have for them? If you're going to do it, don't hold back. Just, you know, you, you have to dig deep. The hardest questions you feel you have to ask, you have to ask them no matter what, <laughs> no matter how difficult it is for you. Um, you always have to ask them. People can always say no or I don't want to talk about that or get out of my face, but you have to ask them. I have two additional notes about Uri's story. First, Uri says his relationship with his dad has shifted. They're closer, more affectionate. They see each other more often. The other is that there's so much more to this story than what we talked about here. I'll give one part of it away. Gert donated the monkey to the museum in Germany. But you're going to have to listen to the story to find out what that led to. A real surprise. I've put a link to the whole piece at the post for this episode at transom.org. This is How Sound, the backstory to great radio storytelling from PRX and Transom. My thanks to John Barth, editor extraordinaire, and to KISL on Catalina Island off the coast of California. I'm teaching a Transom workshop on the island this week, and, and the radio station let me hog one of their studios. I'm Rob Rosenthal. Thanks for listening. From PRX. And Transom.org.